Sometimes you choose courage, and at other times it's forced upon you. Courage Unraveled is a podcast series where you get to listen to insights, discussions, conversations, and stories from people from all walks of life. You'll be served with dollops of courage, resilience, and strength here. So come along and be educated and inspired. You just may find new ways to flex your own courage muscle. My name is Sana Turnock, and I'm your host. What is it that makes someone want to become an activist? Peter Goodwin is not only an activist, but co-founder of the movement called Nanas for Native Forests. Being an activist takes time, coordination, and a lot of work, especially if you're the co-founder. There has been a groundswell of support for Nanas for Native Forests as people realise or come to realise how destructive the culling of forests are and what it means for the environment, the animals that inhabit the trees, the forest canopy and even the root system. Destroying trees also has consequences for humans and climate change. I've never interviewed an activist before, let alone spoken to one, but knew off the bat Peter and I would have something in common, our love of trees. Join me and Peter as we discuss the unplanned founding of a movement and what it has meant to Peter's life beyond retirement. You also get to hear Peter sing the Nana's anthem. It's seriously awesome. It's a real privilege to be able to share these inspiring podcasts of courage with you. The work undertaken takes many hours to put together and is self-funded. Become a Courage Unraveled patron on Patreon and not only will you be supporting the podcast, you will also be helping yourself by investing in your own courage. Get access to pre-release episodes and patron-only specials. It's easy being a patron and the first tiers are less than two coffees per month. Cultivate and flex your courage muscle by signing up for a one-to-one Grow Into My Courage program and grab your very own journal. You grow your courage muscle by activating it. Listen to the podcasts, grab yourself the courage journal, sign up to the Grow Into My Courage program and become a patron. After this episode, head over to courageunravel.com. It's all happening there. Grow into your courage today. Peter Goodwin, welcome to Courage Unraveled. I'm so looking forward to having our chat today. I really am. Yeah, I am too. (laughs) Excellent. There's so much I want to ask you. You're an activist for the environment, specifically native forests in the southwest of Western Australia. You find yourself in rather an interesting position, and that is taking a leadership role in a movement called Nanas for Native Forests. To start a movement, there had to be a catalyst. What was it for you? It was going out to the forests, I think. It was actually going out to a coop that was being logged and seeing and feeling it. I mean, I knew that forests were being logged, but it's not until you actually go out there and you're on the battleground, so to speak, that you really feel what's happening. I felt sick at Mm. what was happening. When was this? Not so long ago. I think it was last year. The Lewin Forest was being blockaded by the Forest Alliance and I'm also the convener of the Environment Centre here and we've been closely involved in dealing with forests with the Forest Alliance for a few years. So a few of us went out there to take food and to support the blockaders. Why do you think it touched you so deeply? The Lewin Forest is carry. It's magnificent. The trees are huge. I've always been a plant person. So I connect more probably to plants than I do to people, really. And it was just, it was the disrespect, as I'm starting to poke up here, it was the disrespect with which that forest was being treated. The trees were just hurled down. They actually drag a chain through the forest and just pull everything out of the ground. And then they were replanting 
rows of little carry saplings, little seedlings. So what they're actually doing is they're changing native forest into plantation. They call it regeneration, but it's not. It's a land use change. And that was really distressing too, because a plantation is not a forest. A forest is a community and it's a very complex community. You can't replace it with rows of trees because it doesn't work the same. How does it change the ecosystem moving from a native forest to then becoming a plantation? Do the animals that live in the native forest, do they stay in the plantation or do they leave? They leave. There's nowhere for them to live because there's no undergrowth and all the ground has been ripped up. So all the subterranean homes are destroyed. There's no undergrowth for the smaller animals. There's no old growth because they burn all the leftovers. Birds might come back. But that all takes time. Years and years. It's the lack of respect with which they treated the forest and the absolute stupidity of it. There's really no need to to log native forests. We've got plantation timbers. The BFPC lose money hand over fist doing it. And most of the population, although what Ray and I came to realise was that most of the West Australian population actually believe that logging stopped in 2001 with the old growth definition. But that's been hugely problematic. And in my view, that has only protected the industry, not the forest. These are two completely different things. So there's been some ambiguity in the legislation. Yes, and a great deal of flexibility. Yeah, sure. You mentioned mm. Ray there. Ray Schwartz or Swartz is a friend of yours and wanted to see logging stopped in the southwest. Do the two of you work closely to advocate for the native forest? Well, I guess you're part of that movement, aren't you? Yes, that movement we never actually knew was going to happen. <laughs> which has kind of overtaken us and we're a bit overwhelmed by it and trying to sort out the structure of it now because it needs structure. That's phenomenal. So less than almost like a year, Nana's for Native Forest, as it's called, I gather there's been groundswell because of interest and momentum and the passion from people who live down this way. Did that surprise you? Yes, it surprised me the speed with which it's caught on. It, it, it's actually surprised me, although I suppose in our thinking, we thought this might grab people's attention and having nanas going out there in the middle of the night and blockading things. It has grabbed media attention and, and it also has grabbed a lot of women's attention. Women are really keen for a bit of adventure, I think, and oh, also definitely. concerned about their children. We're concerned about the future for our children. I guess you can only understand it really when you're surrounded by trees as we are in this part of the world and then you start to see them disappear. I can imagine people just seeing them as a commodity. I see them as sentient beings. That may sound really weird to some people out there, but I definitely see them as that. They're absolutely amazing. It's almost like, you know, you're going on a killing spree, essentially. That's how I see this. I don't know whether people have that same view either or they think I'm a bit mad, but there you go, sharing a bit of a personal view. And I shouldn't be doing that as the interviewer. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. And I think that's why we take people out to the coops because if they don't see it, they're not aware that they are the killing fields. Killing fields, a very interesting way to describe it. What was it like going on your very first protest? Oh, it was lovely. We went out there in the middle of the night and to really quite a lovely forest, Helms. They're all along the Moen Road between Nanup and Margaret River. These are the coops that we go to that they've been logging. There are many others, of course. We went to McCorkle Forest and there were only seven of us. We took muffins and cake out everyone. When the sun rose, we realised we were actually parked in the middle of a puddle, but it, w- it was good. We all enjoyed it because we felt, gosh, we're doing something. Finally, we've taken action because we're just sick of it and it doesn't really matter what we do. We've got nothing to lose. We're just going to do it and say that we think this has to stop. You said you had seven of you, so seven impassioned nanas. And we had Ray and as cameraman. Oh, great. How long did you stay? 
I think we left about midday. We went about four in the morning and set up camp and the loggers arrived. They, they start quite early. So we got there before they did. When they arrived, they can't start because we're there in the middle of the coop. So they have to call the police. They have to call their, or first of all, they call their superiors and then they call the police. Were you scared? Um, no. Did you knit? Is that a stereotype? <laughs> we did match. What kind of response did you get by the tree loppers or from footage that I've seen, they've been excavators? So in your situation, which was it, tree loppers or excavators? No, it was the big machines that cut, yeah. They grasped the tree and then they saw through it. They were very friendly. They were a New Zealand crew. They were pretty appalled at the logging practices that they were seeing over here. They'd come over from New Zealand where they said they'd chopped down all the trees over there so they came here. They weren't very complimentary about logging practices here. They can't do anything. They're getting paid for their time anyway, so. But yet they're doing it. I find that a little bit hypocritical. I can understand that they need to put food on the table and that might be their skill set, but, geez, that's a tough one. That's a different conversation. I don't want to go there, actually. Have you ever been threatened while at a protest or put yourself in danger? No. That's good. I think it's because we're older women and I think it's because we're not screaming and yelling at them or saying, you know, you should be stopping. Well, we are saying you should be stopping, but we're, we're being reasonable about it. We understand that they're, they're doing a job. It's, it's the industry that we're opposed to, not the loggers themselves. They're teams of people who contract out. Recently, I think it was just around or just after International Women's Day, you delivered 29,000 signed postcards and took them to the city in Perth. No, that was actually the Forest Alliance. That was a campaign that they ran. We helped them because we worked closely with them. We were very supportive of that, of course, and got a lot of postcards signed for them and promoted the movie. But no, that was not actually our campaign. We were just supporting them in that. Okay, fantastic. What did you manage to do? Because there was some success around this. Around the 29,000 posts? Yeah. I had read that there was logging that was supposed to have been done in the southwest, but this petition, they prevented it from going forward. Mm, Wow, well, that would be fabulous. I haven't heard that. I did come across that. I, I thought, wow, this was fantastic news. Did you ever dream that with what's happening now would happen under your nano leadership? No, and I think if I had known what it would involve as far as dedication, I don't think I would have done it. I honestly don't think I would have done it. But having said that, somebody has to take leadership. If I'd known what it was like, I would never have done it. It's like this. If you don't do it by accident, you probably would never do it, and we did it by accident. Look, I guess from that perspective, you know, you're going to grow so much from the experience and maybe one day you can hand over the reins, but perhaps you've still got lots of things that you you need to do before you do that. And I don't know whether this is a calling for you or not, but it's landed in your lap, hasn't it? Yes, Mm. it has. In the group of nanas that we've got, we've got over 300 now around the state. There's a lot of extremely competent women who know what they're doing. And I think good to have an umbrella group that you can operate under and know you're getting supported. Definitely, and especially if there's a diversity of skill sets. One of the skill sets is singing because the nanas have an anthem. (laughs) (laughs) We we started off trying to say forest and now we're just getting gigs all the time. (laughs) People love listening to that anthem, so it's really good that people find themselves singing it and get to know the words and come and listen to us. Brilliant. Did you create the song to share a sentiment? What was the purpose around the song? We sort of wanted to, I suppose it went along with the branding. We, we decided we wanted really good signature banners that we would use and a song, an anthem, really, because you need to sing, you need to do something, and singing's a good thing. Is this something that you actually do whilst you're on site? 
Yes. Are you able to share with us? Are you courageous enough to sing us a line or two? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it goes, listen, 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 listen. Your name has got something to say. Listen, 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 listen. She knows there's a better way. We are bananas for native forests. Come with us and you will see that the wonder of a forest is more than just the trees. Don't raise your hand against your own family. What you do to the forests, you do to you and me. Yeah, what you do to the forests, you do to you and me. I love it. I love it. That is brilliant. Hey, have you approached Radio Margaret River to be put on uh, community radio there and and, uh, two oceans there? No, we haven't. We should do that. Get some interviews happening with those community radio stations. Thank you for sharing that. All right. I understand the Nana's movement is open to people from all walks of life, but did it start out with Nana's because the stereotype is that they've retired and their kids have grown up, so they've got more time on their hands? No, I guess it's because Ray and I were talking and I'm a nana and he said, we need some old bag to go and tie ourselves to a machine. And I said, oh, well, I'll do that. And then we didn't say that. And then we thought, hmm, what about if we got more people? And yes, we do have time. We do have time and we do have resources and we do have skills. And we also, we're old enough not to care what happens to us. You know, we've got nothing to lose now. And it's mm. fun. It's fun doing this. It's really inspiring. You retired from work and have found yourself being an activist and a leader or a co-leader of a movement. Ten years ago, could you ever seen yourself doing this? Oh, God, no. I wouldn't even have spoken in public. Thank you for being courageous. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Relate what has happened to you with being courageous and this movement. What has it made you do that's pulled you out of your comfort zone? Oh, gosh. Singing? No, 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 I've always sung in choirs. I actually like singing, but I don't usually sing solo because I don't think I've got a solo voice at all. Public speaking, I think speaking what I feel in my heart instead of trying to make it sound acceptable or palatable to the audience. I'm just saying, this is what I think, you know, this is what I feel. And I also, I was just thinking before that the most courageous thing I think is that I've had to get that grief and harness hope to it. And i that hope is not something that I really have. This movement gives me, allows me to practice hope. Yeah, I think that's important. The fact that you've been able to rally the support of others is uplifting in itself. But there's a difference between being you know, inspired by something and then being inspired enough to actually take action. All you can do is try, right, because mm-hmm. you, you need to, and it's good that you've got those people behind you. Has doing what you're doing strengthened your grit and resilience to keep going when things get really tough, you know, navigating this environmental and political space? Yeah. The first space I've had to navigate, though, is the managing of this movement because it grew so rapidly and there has been so much sort of creative energy poured into it, like the whole choir come out of it. There's a whole lot of women who go and stitch leads and talk about forests and and they've got a whole thing going. There's a whole lot of creative energy that has all been sort of turned towards me and given to me. And to manage that and the people and the communication, it's a massive administrative task, which I'm totally unprepared for because I've never had to do that before. I'm trying to organise my way through that, which is is a creative process itself, and I'm finding it really interesting. But I'm completely flying by the seat of my pants here. 
I mean, it's almost like you're a CEO and administrator and a marketer and an engagement officer. It's like you're setting up a company or a foundation which needs some organisational structure because, you know, to keep doing this, you're going to need to get funding. Yep, and, and then that's only my half of it. And the other half is all the images and the films and finding the coops and sorting out transport. There's two sides of the work here that need managing. And we're really looking to get people to take the organisation off us of some of these things and do it independently because I know that everybody in here wants the same goal. We've got a manifesto too. That was another thing we came up with as well as the anthem and the banners. So we work within that framework and that's pretty clear. Great. At least you got that to start off with. What have you learnt about yourself through all of this? Oh, that I kind of crack up under stress, which I didn't think I did because I I never used to. I think there's a huge responsibility here too, which is just enormous. I mean, I was a single mother and this is even more responsibility because there's lots of people wanting me to succeed and wanting this movement to succeed. And Ray and I have the pointy end of that responsibility, yeah. And I, I think we both feel it really strongly. So if anyone else is interested, please put your hand up. Give Peter a call. (laughs) She can't do it on her own. That's what she's saying. Lots of people are stepping up. It's hard for them to know where to step. So that's another thing, sorting out where people step up to. Start looking at those gaps. Like someone can do marketing and, you know, community. Someone can do music, the choir, you know. Oh, yes, we've got that unorganised. Yeah, that's good. That's probably the fun part. You mentioned your mum as being someone who is courageous. Why is that? My mum got really bad rheumatoid arthritis in her late 30s when I was quite young and she was an athlete and a dancer, my mum. And at the end of her life, the only thing she could do was paint her fingernails, really. She couldn't do anything else for herself. She was so crippled. But she never, ever let that stop her doing stuff. She just ploughed on through that pain, which I never fully appreciated as a child. I used to think everything she did was just to annoy me. But her pain was incredible and she just kept on going. How has that influenced you today? I think she was a a great example of how you just keep going. Actually, she used to sit down with the problem, go, now we're going to work this out, and she'd work through it. It was the way she operated was really forceful, but I thought she was an incredible warrior. That's obviously stayed with you, which is very powerful. So is this something that you can harness with what you're doing and attempting to do through Nana's Nana's Forest? Yeah, I think it's something I do harness. Brilliant. Are you courageous? I know. I said I thought I was brave, not courageous. Yeah, I I don't know if I am courageous. I think would I have had the courage to do this if I'd known what I was getting into? No, I don't think I would have. I think I would have made a choice not to. But then I think I would have felt pathetic if I hadn't. You could stop. You could stop, Peter. How? How? (laughs) I don't know how to stop. I'm seeing myself fading into the background if other people step up and take over and the movement has its own momentum. I think that would be great. Well, I think what you've said there is a really strong side of grit and perseverance and it reminds me of what you were talking about with your mum, you know, you're working through the problem. Yeah, I learned a lot from her. It's been really wonderful learning about your journey to date, Peter, and I wish you amazing success as you continue to work to save the forests in the southwest of WA. Thanks so much for being on Courage on Rebel. Thank you, Sana. How about that? A conversation with a friend which then led to becoming co-founders of Nanas for Native Forests, an unintentional yet very important movement. A movement focused on saving the Earth's magnificent trees in the southwest of Western Australia. It may be that the movement 
is happening in a small isolated region of the world, but the groundswell of local support just may have a ripple effect to other parts of the world. I want to be able to understand why trees continue to be chopped down when they can be part of our carbon emission solution. Founders of Nanas for Native Forests, Peter Goodwin and Ray Swartz, are local heroes. They need practical help as this is a massive undertaking. If Peter's story strikes a deep chord within you and you can offer some help, go to courageunraveled.com forward slash podcasts where you will find Peter's contact details. If you don't live in Western Australia but are super interested in saving trees and forests in your region, step up into your courage and make contact with an action group near you. Ask how you can help. Do you want to but are too scared? Ah, this is where I can help with courage mindset coaching. You could also get yourself a copy of the Courage Journal and work on the activities available within alongside listening to the Courage Unraveled podcasts. Thank you for listening today. Stay courageous, lean into discomfort. You'll become stronger because of it. I'm Sana Turnock, your Courage Unraveled host. Until next time.